the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to the Reaching for Real Life podcast. It is the Reaching for Real Life podcast, broadcasting, podcasting from the inner sanctum of the Real Life Amphitheater. Sean. Are you yeah, with right. me? <laughs> You're I'm jamming. I, I had a little groove going over here. Exactly. You're doing a little jig. <laughs> it's great. Your hands are on your hips. and you're... <laughs> I love it. Uh, can we? I'm just so excited. I know you can't say who, but just tell me that good things are going to be happening here at the uh, Real Life Amphitheater. Baron, good things are going to be happening. Oh, Holly, I wish we could talk about this, Sean. Well, why do you tease it then? So, because so, you got to keep it. Because it's like people are like, well, they're going to talk about it because Bram brought it up. No, we are actually not because there's nothing actually actually done. But, you know, some exciting possibilities. Very exciting stuff, Sean. <laughs> this is the most important thing in my life right he's now. Going, he's going Tourette's here. <laughs> he just heard of a couple people that that there are just possibilities of us bringing to the amphitheater. And he's going all crazy on it. Going crazy, John, because do you know who it could be? Yeah, we're not going to say. We're not going to say. We can't just say that, okay? But anyway, you know, it's 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 big name people. You know, way, that could fill a stadium. Yeah, no, it's this is yeah, this yeah. is this is big stuff. All right, big time. And and you know, it's a good opportunity for us. Again, we get to connect with the community. We get to share the just the love of Jesus. We get to show kind of a difference in how we do business, how we receive visitors. It's Elton John. It's actually not okay. <laughs> <laughs> actually not okay. Uh, but uh, so he's playing so, the Alamo Dome. He's he playing the Alamo Dome. Yeah, it's a farewell tour. Playing the Alamo Dome, and like he hasn't had a farewell tour already. It's farewell Yellow <laughs> I, Brick Road. I thought basically his seventies were a farewell tour. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, no, we had tickets to him during COVID, and uh, I mean expensive. Mm-hmm. That is an expensive show it's, in Houston, and they got canceled. And they didn't refund nothing. They're just like, well, when you cut, we, when we do it again, you'll be able to come. So Okay, I know this because I looked it up. The Elton John seats at the Alamo Dome, if you want the other opposite end zone, top deck, last row, that's, that seat is $49.50. To not mm-hmm. hear and to not see is $49 plus fees. Well, I'm going to not hear and not see him for free that <laughs> night. Uh, but front, no, we're going to get to go. We're going to get to go in Houston. And we, we bought right. a little bit better seats. Well, front and, row was like either 2500 or 4000 Is that the ones you got? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Baron, I can't share that. <laughs> no, that is not what we got. But, but bottom line, it was kind of a drag when COVID, yeah, you know, yeah. and they just canceled it and they didn't refund or anything like that. Uh, so. All right. Anyway, but hopefully that'll, that'll all come through. But no, it is not Elton John. Anyway, let's, let's not talk about what all we right. can't talk about. You know, okay, jeez, okay. man. Just, something to tease there. All right. So here, let's just talk about something that did happen. That was this thing called 4th of July. Happy uh, Independence Day, Pastor Sean. Why, thank you, Baron. It was a great 4th of July. And uh, we were, um, you know, we were just, uh, it was neat. It was on a Sunday. Yes. I'm on a sabbatical right now, but yet I was back for that. I'm not preaching. Mike McGuire yes, that's right. spoke, gave a great message, and uh, I didn't lead worship, our worship team. 
just outstanding job of leading us in the Lord's presence. I did share a little bit about the 4th of July and, and just about that, uh, you know, the significance of that day. Because, you know, that's one of those things, Baron, that I think people are a little bit, um, they're, they're not even sure how to respond because of the way right. media and culture and everything has gone over the last few years. It's like, is it okay to say happy 4th of July, happy Independence Day? Yeah, right. 4th of July has become the new uh, happy holidays. Christmas, yeah. can I say Merry Christmas? Yeah, yeah it's, it's almost, it, exactly. That's a, that's a good analogy. Uh, Pastor Sean, can I just tell you something that happened to me in Bernie, Texas here? <laughs> tell me. So uh, there's a friend of mine who has an art gallery, and he says, Baron, you got to come see this thing. And people drop off stuff all the time because it's a frame shop too. And this gentleman drops off a flag that's been sitting in a shoebox under his bed for 70 years. And wow. it is an American flag that flew on his ship when he was a commander on his way to Okinawa uh, for the final invasion of World War II. And he said that more men and more ships were lost in this battle than the whole war combined. Uh, wow. as, as Normandy gets all the, you know, this is the beginning of the end. Right, right, this right. last battle, again, more men lost, more ships lost. I asked him the name of the, the ship that he was the commander of. And yeah. he goes, uh, those ships didn't have names. They had numbers. Uh, they don't name ships that aren't supposed to come back. Wow. You drop, you, he's sweeping for mines and dropping off tanks and men. That was his job. And he goes, it was raining steel. So anyway, the flag that flew over his ship was laying now in front of me on this table. 48 stars. I mean, the, the, here it is. And so Johnny at the art gallery professionally framed it. It's going to go to the Nimitz Museum after this. Oh, really? In, Fl- in Fredericksburg? Correct. How cool. And uh, there it was. We said the Pledge of Allegiance to it. Uh, Donna Campbell, our friend there, state senator, came for the ceremony, gave a proclamation to him. Kyle Biederman came down. But anyway, the man who captained the ship, is, his name is R.W. Pratt, 99 years old. Guess when his birthday was? When? Flag Day. Are you kidding me? Really? Here and he there, is. Here he is. He's flag man on Flag Day. 99-year-old guy, World War II vet, and he was there. for the yeah. He was one of the first guys to see um, Hiroshima after it happened, after the bomb dropped. Really? I mean, exactly. All his buddies died from I cancer. Mean, just to sit and talk with that guy for, for an That's hour. That's what we did. What an incredible we a, thing. We had a real special event. It was probably the most patriotic most historic event that I've ever been a part of, uh, you know, in the last year. Well, and that's, that's <laughs> where you kind of see that generation, you know, they mm-hmm. call it, talk about the great generation. They, they were different in the way they looked at life, civic responsibility. When the flag goes by in the parade, you stand up. Yeah. There, there is a, there was something different in a respect and I think a gratitude that is not only is it missing, it's mm. it's maligned, yes. and that that's a that's a very challenging kind of idea. I mean, as you just said, that was the past, and now we live in today, and now the flag's making the news every day. I'm, there's just I don't even know where to start as we talk about all this, but it just seems like man, these protesting the flag. Yeah. It's just become this symbol that, that we're supposed to. Starting with the Olympics, uh, you know, Gwen Berry comes to mind there. Right. Did you see that? Well, Gwen Berry is the hammer thrower. You know, track and field, uh, Olympic trials, and uh, she refused to she turned away from when they played the national anthem right um, hands on her hips yeah and, and her whole perspective as well you know i represent people who've been oppressed and i can't support that and these things it, it's like i think for a lot of us is how do we ever get here right how do we ever get to this place because this is really emotional mm-hmm. for a lot of people and, and we need to understand that it is emotional for people on both sides of this conversation and these are these are like sides that cannot even understand each other, you know, and it, it, it's, it's what, what I, what I think some of these people don't, don't understand who 
for them, they have, I think, mistakenly mm-hmm. attached systemic racism to every part of the United States, every part of the United States history, every part of the flag. Um, and I think that's a gross error. Mm-hmm. But they have attached it. Is that it. an ignorance? I, I think so. I, I think I think for a lot because it. And in fairness to them, they've been taught that mm-hmm. by, I think, um, very biased and dishonest educators. I think by a very biased and dishonest media that has allowed that to go unchallenged. Um, and so I think there's a whole lot of people who would be very surprised to actually hear what really happened in history and real history. Now, that is not in any way to deny the reality of racism, the sin of racism uh, in America, and, and all of the ramifications of that. But I, I pointed this out this last week. You, you, if, if you think that began in the United States— Huh. It's just like that is just that stunning ignorance. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, just think of simple things. The old, all, all of the old spirituals that were sung harkened back to Israel and and Moses right. and you know, let my people go because Israel was slaves. The Egyptians had slaves, and, and then we all know the Assyrians had slaves. The Babylonians had slaves. The Persians, the Greeks, the Romans. I mean, the, when the United States started, they brought slavery with them. It was all over Europe. You know, and this so this is a this is a human sin. This isn't an American sin. Right. This is a human sin. And one of the things that I got a little bit and and I really do. I I just think this is we just got to stop because this is disingenuous. You're sitting here trying to just hammer, hammer, hammer on slavery that happened, you know, 100 years ago, 150 years ago. You're trying to hammer, hammer, hammer on that. What about slavery that's actually still happening? Do you know state, there were nations that slavery was still legal up into the 80s mm. and that there are people in slavery today? It's like, I don't know. I, I wish some of these people would stand for the ones who are actually slaves. Right. There, are, there are no legal slaves in the United States. The sex trafficking is the other topic, and that's and that's a, that's a big part of it. Yeah. But there are people in forced labor, and there are people who are sex trafficked, mm-hmm. and so that's you want to advocate for slavery. The good news is there are people who need your help right now. Right now, mm-hmm. let's focus on what we can do. You, you can't go back and change all of world history to try to make it like this didn't happen. There's, there's too many statues. When you're done with the United States, now you got to go to Europe. Where are you going to start? Are you going to start in Great Britain or are you going to start in Spain? Where, where are you going to go? Mm-hmm. It is stunningly ignorant to try to make this a uniquely American problem. It's not. America got rid of it in less than 100 years, made it mm-hmm. illegal. America it worked very hard. And, and you need to understand, America lost 500,000 young men yeah. in a civil war over this issue. This idea of trying to just take, tag all of America as racist, racist, racist dishonors their sacrifice. Right. You know, it dishonors what Abraham Lincoln mm. uh, did and what he what he fought for, and then what what all those soldiers who gave their lives to to stop slavery. Right. right. So the conscious decision for Americans to stop the slavery, yes, deserves some credit. Oh, without and, a doubt. And who are these people? Without a doubt, <laughs> white people. <laughs> yeah, no, of course, Everybody. of course. It, it that, that's the point. You you need to understand there are a whole lot of Americans who did not believe in slavery. They did not support slavery. You could argue what, one of the big questions is: Well, why did they when they make, made the union? They they felt they needed the southern states because in the north, mm-hmm. slavery had been had been it was much less common and it had been outlawed in those in those colonies much earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but their idea was in this union, we need the South. Yeah. And so they accepted that. Mm. And you can argue that point. You can argue, should they have, you know, 
put the put the union at risk by not doing that? Or should they have done what they did, which ultimately led to a civil war mm-hmm. and lots of death, but it did lead to the Emancipation Proclamation and led to ultimately making that something that is not legal in the United States. Wow. But the, but the, but that's the thing. So so you ask, is it because of ignorance, Baron? Yeah, I think I think a lot of people just haven't been taught world history or just plain critical thinking, just understanding, oh yeah, that doesn't make sense. And knowing the the history of our nation and kind of understanding that process. There are still millions of people and more millions and millions of people now on their way to America because of this freedom that we have, that they want to come right. and they want to become Americans and they want to wave the little flag and take the pledge and sing God bless America because they want to come and have and live in this, in this right. great, great country. Right. So now here's the next. So now patriotism is one of those things where you almost kind of like got to hide it. Yeah. There's the guy, you know, the, the guy with the truck and he's got the big American flag. This happens a lot out in the hill country <laughs> and, and automatically, ah, racist. Ah, well, it's evil guy. No, I, I read someone on Twitter, you know, which you're like, why were you doing that? Uh-huh. <laughs> because you want to know what people are saying. It's a way you just can't give too much weight to it. Uh-huh. They're triggered by an American flag. And it's like, why do you know what that flag stands for? Yeah. Well, a flag is a symbol, right? And so the American flag represents this union this this democratic republic called the united states of america and if you read the constitution and what the founders were trying to establish you read the declaration of independence which is what fourth of july we actually celebrate you're like well what's not to like well that hasn't always been upheld well i'll i'll give you that that's true but you don't attack the documents or you don't attack the flag that stands for it you go and try to stand for let's live to those ideals don't attack the ideals exactly and that's what I think happens. So the idea of patriotism being controversial, and, and I do think, Baron, patriotism can be taken too far. Okay. You know, I, I think... Like driving your truck down Main Street with the flag on the back? That's just... <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> you know, hey, there's not... What's funny is under President Trump, that became a thing to yeah. have a big American flag, flapping back, and then a Trump flag. Yeah. And, you know, hey... For some people, it's like, oh god, that he was such a lightning rod, and I yeah. totally, I totally get that. His, you know, brash communication, yeah. his kind of things he said, the mean tweets, and all the stuff just made him hard. You know, I'm not, I wouldn't try to excuse any of that, right? right, right. Uh, <laughs> but because of that, the American flag got thrown into some of that, and it's like, mm-hmm. whoa, time out, yeah, stop, right? That flag stands for certain things, and. Uh, you know, I, I just think we need to be able to separate. And, and smart people, you know, thinking people, American people should be able to separate and go, oh, yeah, I may not want to do that. But that doesn't mean that that flag is offensive or mm-hmm. it, it's racist or it triggers me or anything like that. I think that's a, that's a big mistake. Big part of our patriotism, though, is singing God bless America. Right. And God shed his grace on thee. Right. And in God we trust. And, so, and John, you do a very good job of kind of bringing the faith element to it. So, all right. So now I'm a believer. Is there a healthy amount of patriotism for the believer? Right, right. That's a great question, Baron. Because I think we can, we can, we can go overboard. Yeah, we can go way overboard. You know, we talk about God and country, right? You know, I, I stand for God and country. God and anything else on the same level is a problem. Right, right. As followers of Jesus, right, we love the Lord our God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. Right. 
you don't have love your country somewhere in there. Okay. <laughs> I think it is really good, right, and appropriate to be thankful for the United States of America, to understand how much our faith had an influence in the founders and in the founding. I'm not saying they were all you know, passionate disciples of Jesus. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying the worldview that they brought. You know, I was, at a, I was a, a participating in a, a tour up in New England, and the tour cool. guide absolutely tried to, to present that, well, the, the founding of this nation really had nothing to do with religious freedom. It was all about economics. And he was very leftist in, in his approach. And it's like, I'm like, well, I, Wait a minute. I, I asked, I asked the question, you, did, have you read Bradford's writings? Uh-huh. The governor of, and we were in Plymouth, right? The, have you read Bradford's writings? Yeah. Well, I, I, I need, you just brushed it over and moved yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, if you go read Bradford's writings, the faith was a huge part. Not yeah. everybody yeah. who came over and founded those, those early colonies was a believer. Mm-hmm. But large segments were. Yeah. And there were people who wanted to find religious freedom, and they wanted right. to run from the state churches right. in Europe. You Quakers, you hang out over here in Pennsylvania. Yep. You Catholics, you guys hang out over here in Massachusetts. <laughs> exactly. Yep. And so it was, it was very much a uh, – there was a whole lot of faith. And, and the founders, you, you can't read the documents. Mm-hmm. There was a worldview. Yeah. Okay. And, and so – I think we can recognize there has been great blessing on this nation because of some of the fruit. You know, the Bible's very plain in this. You you reap what you sow. Mm. You know, and so when you when you design a nation, the, the fact is without the inner restraint of religion and morality, and this is George Washington said this, you can't have a free Republic. You can't have democracy if the people aren't restrained because you can't afford enough police to keep everybody honest. If you give that much freedom mm-hmm. and understand something, uh, when, when just just consider when the United States was founded, 1776, uh, we were still plowing fields with oxen right, and right. cattle, right? The, the Industrial Revolution, the Technological Revolution, the United States led the way. And the world is a different place. The United States has led the way for the, the entire 20th century and on into the 21st when it comes to innovation, technology, development. And, and that is simply a reflection of freedom. True. That's what happens when you can have freedom. Well, you can't have freedom if people don't have some restraint. Otherwise, government has to restrain them. Mm-hmm. And that's where you get totalitarian governments, right? right. If the only thing that will keep people kind of controlled mm-hmm. is external forces then you have to have a totalitarian government. And that's where things generally end up. Whereas with the United States, we did something different. And that freedom allowed an incredible creative and an industrial explosion and technological explosion. And so mm. I, I just think you, it's, it's okay to say, wow, the founding of this country, the Constitution, with its very Christian ideas. Like what Christian ideas? You understand the separation of powers, right? Mm -hmm. We all understand why. Well, because, yeah, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely, so you don't want any one branch or any one person having all the power. That is totally a biblical idea because Mm. of the sinfulness of man, Mm. right? Right. You know, I pointed out Sunday that there there were two big revolutions in the late 1700s. There was 1776 and 1789. 1776 was the U.S., uh, the United States, obviously, our, Mm -hmm. our Revolutionary War. And the signing of the Declaration of Independence. 1789 was the French Revolution. And the French Revolution was complete, had a different foundation. 
this was based, the, the American Revolution was based on the ideas of the Reformation. The French Revolution was not. It was much more based on the ideas of the Renaissance. Right. And they created different things. They moved different directions. And if you don't understand that, if you don't understand where the unique freedom of the United States was based in and where it came from, then you're, then you're not going to understand how you can lose it. Mm. And so I, I really think to be grateful and to give thanks and, and to be respectful and, 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 and just look at the United States, I, I think respect and gratitude for what is done, for the sacrifices made, that's a healthy attitude for a believer to have. Mm. Okay? So can the believer cross the line, though, when it comes to their patriotism? <laughs> yes. Yeah? Well, yeah. You know, uh, when, you, when you start talking about, because there's a whole lot of people, and Baron, you know, we, the circles we travel in, you know, in, we're, we would lean more conservatively as far as our theology and kind of our, our take on scripture and probably on culture and politics and things like that. Well, there are lots of Christians who lean more progressively and lean more liberally that way. And in our particular kind of side of that equation, there's a whole lot of people who have taken patriotism way too far. And, and to be honest with you, if push came to shove, their faith would be subordinate to their patriotism all day long. And I think that becomes idolatry. Yep. You know, I, I think patriotism can become idolatry. When you start making that, you know, when you start saying God and country, because that's the way you should say it, but you really mean country and God, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that then you've crossed a line that mm-hmm. it's like, okay, you, you've got an idol in your heart. Interesting. And, and, God, Baron, it, it's it's important to understand. World history has told this story over oh, and yeah. over and over. Okay, I love the United States. I'm grateful for it, but I wouldn't. I will not be surprised if one day it fades from that place of prominence as a world power, like Great Britain kind of faded. You know, like so many great nations and empires have faded, um, and that I, I won't be like, oh my gosh, you know. And I think for a lot of Americans. Um, that's the unthinkable because that represents God. God has left. And I, I just don't, I don't think that. I think if, if America declines because, again, I will attribute that largely to leaving behind principles that God established and that this nation was founded on. I think that that, that is what leads to the decline. Mm. So I absolutely believe that. But if that happens, I believe God has a plan. And I believe it can lead to revival and to to people coming to know Christ and it leading to more people following Jesus. They all say America is the last great hope when it comes to all this. So if, if America fades, that's right. God's problem. Right. America is not the last great hope. Okay. America is a nation. Right. I believe it's been blessed by God, but it is not the last great hope. Yeah. The gospel is the great hope. Right. That's the hope. That's it. And, and that's the point. And if you're sitting here thinking, uh, and we live with so much fear, and the good news is we don't have to be afraid. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when I, I just love the sto- story from the book of Daniel, and I know I share this a lot, but just when, when he, when Jerusalem is sacked, when Israel is just stomped by the Babylonians and Daniel and his friends are taken and they're slaves, it's like, that's the end of the world. We think of that when that happens, oh, it's done. God can't mm-hmm. do anything else. Well, read the book of Daniel. Yeah. Look at all that God did and how he used Daniel. It, you know, no matter what happens with the trajectory of American history, God is still on the throne. Correct. And he's good. God bless America, Sean. God bless America. And that's, that's not just a saying, that's a prayer. Amen. That's well, a prayer. Well, then with that, Sean, let's pray. Close us in prayer. Lord, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you for the gift of this nation and the freedom that we've enjoyed. 
And Lord, there are certainly things that we we need to repent of as a nation. Forgive us. Mm-hmm. Racism is just one manifestation of that prideful, arrogant sin nature that that is in every human heart. Forgive us. Forgive us for the periods where we have as a government and as a nation, we've walked down the path and, and just operated in sinful behavior. Forgive us. Lord, I ask that you would help your church to lead the way. Help us to lead the way in repentance. Help us to lead the way in humility. And I ask that you would bless, just bless this nation with your presence, with a spirit of humility, and with an amazing sense of unity. Lord, we pray for this particular the sin of racism. I just ask that you would uh, forgive us. And I pray that you would help us to forgive one another and to turn our back on that and to love one another and to learn to walk in unity and let the church be the shining light and example for the rest of the world. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 302 Books, a division of Salem Media Group, presents A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life, Rediscovering the Gift of the Spirit, authored by Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Growing up in and around Pentecostal churches, I really learned to appreciate the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer. But I also saw what I considered to be imbalance and excess in some of our churches when it came to how we taught about the infilling. Now available at Amazon.com, Sean Azaro shares his most requested teaching and radio broadcast series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit-filled life. I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit. Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life by Sean Azaro today at Amazon or reachingforreallife.org.